Welcome to Bethany. This is our online service for Sunday, April 19th, 2020. We're so glad that you've decided to join us as we worship our great God, the living God of all things, the God who is still in control, even in the midst of the chaos that so many of us are experiencing in life these days. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, check out our website. You'll find ways to connect uh, resources that can help you get through this difficult season. And, uh, and also, you can give there. You can give to the work here at Bethany. We want to thank you so much for the way that you have generously supported our church. Even through this difficult season, we are experiencing blessing really uh, that's, that's astounding to me. So thankful for you, and I encourage you continue to support the work here. The Lord continues to work in powerful ways, and it's so exciting to see. His kingdom goes beyond this earthly kingdom. Kingdoms will rise, kingdoms will fall, but the Lord's kingdom will last forever. Amen? Let's pray together now as we worship that great God and remind each other of the hope that we have in him. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for being present with us this, this morning. Thank you for, for filling us with hope, with joy, with peace, Lord, even in the midst of, of, of death, of pain, of agony, of anxiety, of depression. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to yourself. And then we pray, Lord, that this morning, that as we worship you, you would be glorified, that you would be honored, that your name would be lifted high. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us and encourage us and build us up through the preaching of your word, Lord, and that you would draw more people to yourself. We love you. Thank you for this time that we have together. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Now let's worship together. Good morning, church. Let's worship together. Now unto the King who reigns over all and never changes or turns. Unfailing justice, unfading grace, whose promises remain. Yes, your promises remain. Now unto the King reigns over all, never changes or turns. Unfailing justice, unfading grace, His promises remain. Yes, your promises remain. The heavens ring, the saints all sing, great is your faithfulness. From age to age, Proclaim, great is your faithfulness. How great is your faithfulness? Everything changes, everything changes, but you stay the same. Your word and kingdom endure. We lean on the promise of all that you are and trust forevermore we will trust forevermore the heavens ring the saints all sing great is your faithfulness 
from age to age we will proclaim great is your faithfulness how great is your faithfulness from generation from generation to generation you never failed us so oh God yesterday and today and tomorrow until the day you
joyful.
my soul to sing the glories of my God and King. Arise and praise the one worthy of the songs of a thousand tongues. You're worthy of the songs of a thousand tongues. You are worthy of the songs of a thousand tongues.
when I lie down, green pastures, we trust in Hey, Bethany, welcome to our online service. One of the things I've been thinking through this week is just this idea of us not being together, not being able to see one another's faces, to have conversation, and just to worship together. Um, each day, my daughter, she's three years old, she walks up to me and she says, Daddy, we can't go to Bethany Bible Fellowship because of the big sick. And that's what we call it in our house, the big sick. And two of my daughter's biggest complaints are first, that she can't go to church to be with her teachers and her friends and, and to learn about God. And second, that she can't walk to Starbucks with her dad to get a cake pop. And so those are her two big complaints. That's it. It's just church and cake. I wish we today, for us that are older, have, I wish we had um, just two complaints but I know we are going through a lot of different things. These are kind of trying times for us. So maybe you're like me, you have little ones at home. I have two little monsters, beautiful monsters running around. Or maybe you're at, you have kids that are homeschooling and you're also having to juggle homeschool, being a teacher's assistant and also working a job. There's also, for some of us, uh, we're students and we are just kind of missing school and our regular rhythms of life. Maybe for you, you feel like summer has come a little bit earlier and yet you just don't get that freedom or maybe you're feeling like you lost a lot. I know the eighth graders out there and 12th graders and graduating seniors in college, you guys are processing through a lot right now. Things have all of a sudden changed. Maybe you're um, missing out of, on being with a loved one, or maybe someone close to you is, is sick. Maybe you lost a job or you're in financial hardship. All this is just coming together, and our daily rhythms um, as individuals and within our family units are off. And maybe you've been feeling like me a little bit, where you're emotionally and you're physically, maybe even spiritually, um, weary. There's so much going on. And this time surfaces a lot of, of deep questions about life and about God and about our purpose. So maybe you've been wrestling with some questions. Maybe you have some younger kids or older kids that are asking really good questions about what's been happening. Or maybe you too are going through some questions that you're working through. Maybe you have some fears, you have some doubts, you have some insecurities. But I want to tell you this this morning before we start. The truth is that most of us don't like things that make us feel uncomfortable. But I believe that God does some of his best work during our weakest moments. And so for us here today, may we just learn and continue to learn how to draw on God's strength and how to draw on his wisdom. And one of the best places to go and to meet with God and all of our stuff, with all of our feelings, and, and for us to feel like we're not alone, is the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is about peaks and valleys. It's about praises and sorrows. It has real human emotions. It's a place where we can meet God in every season. It's a place, a place where we can ask really um, deep questions to God. Will you meet my needs? Will I find rest with you? Are you really with me? Do you see what I'm going through? Do you care? Are you a good God? So for today, what question are you wrestling with? What are you feeling right now, right here? If you could sum it up in just one or two sentences, what would that be? 
If you could sum up everything that you're feeling within one or two sentences, what would that be? I believe that God wants to bring us comfort today. I believe that God wants to bring us peace and to show us more of who he is today. And so I want us to uh, kind of unpack a little bit of Psalms 23. It's a familiar passage. The Lord is my shepherd. This passage is filled with truths of who God is, how he leads us, how he's near to us, and what our life with him is like. And there's so much packed into these verses. And to be honest, I feel like I'm not able to do them justice. I mean, Psalms 23.1 is like the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. I mean, everybody knows it. Maybe we're familiar with it. Maybe we've seen it um, repeated on a, on a movie. Uh, everybody knows it, but there's always this deeper level of truth of who God is when we read Psalms 23. And so for Psalms 23, there's two images just to get us started of God's care for his people. The first is how the shepherd cares for his sheep in verse 1 through 4. And then it goes on to a host that cares for his guests in verse 5 through 6. But today we're going to read the whole entire chapter, but we're going to mainly focus on verses 1 through 4. And as we read this, this might be the first or second time that you've actually read through this, or maybe you've read through this psalm um, countless times. But may the Holy Spirit be our teacher in only a way that he can. And so will you just pray with me as, as we get started and we jump into Psalms 23? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much um, <clears throat> that we can gather today Lord, even on an online service, maybe it's not comfortable or familiar to a lot of us, Lord, but Lord, today I pray that you will be with us. I pray that you will comfort us, that you will calm our souls, that you will bring that comfort that only your son Jesus can. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and as we take a look at this, Psalms, may we just continue to recognize that you care for us, that you provide for us, and that you're with us, Lord. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all you're doing. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's jump into Psalms 23. And notice as we read verse 1 through 4, notice that the vantage point of the Psalms is from the perspective of the sheep and not the shepherd. Read, let's read together. It says this, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever." What a beautiful psalm. What a beautiful words. I love this chapter. I'd encourage all of us, I would encourage all of us to memorize it, to, to, um, to dwell upon it. Um, James Sire writes this, and this is so good for just to get us started with the psalm. He said, one of the chief delights of the psalms is its completeness. No further word or comfort is needed. Its application to human life is universal. There is no time or place in which, in which its solace is inappropriate. Whether we are in sickness or in health, alone or in community, young or vibrant, old and gray, at our worst, at our best, at work or at home, the Lord is our shepherd." 
This is the central idea in this Psalms. The Lord is your shepherd that he cares for you. The psalmist David begins with these words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And notice David doesn't just write facts about God. He, he refers to God in a personal way. The Lord is, he's my shepherd. It's a friendship. It's a relationship between God and David, between the shepherd and the sheep. We too, God's sons and daughters, can have this personal relationship through Jesus. Trusting Jesus with our lives. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. This verse sums up the entire chapter. And yet not many of us are familiar with the life of a shepherd in the ancient Near East. To the original audience, they must have understood this a lot more than we do today, especially in Orange County. They've had experiences of seeing shepherd and sheep on a regular basis. But for us, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Maybe it brings to mind what like it does to me, um, a picture that a grandparent would hang in their home. Or maybe for our younger generation, all they can come up with is Toy Story with uh, the character Bo Peep. The Lord is my shepherd. What does this mean? Well, when I was in high school, um, we had a lot of really fun electives. I I loved my high school because of that. Um, We had photography. I remember being in the dark room and developing black and white film. Such a blast. We had wood shop. Um, I got into carpentry at an early age because of this class. I remember the first thing I made was a wood clock for my dad, and I can still remember the smell of the sawdust. We even had an auto shop where you can work and repair cars and learn about them. I never took that class, but I always wanted to. And then after all these fun electives, we had one elective that nobody signed up for, and that was the agricultural (laughs) agriculture elective. It was funny right now because I've been thinking through that and I'm like, this is the elective that I actually want the most. I mean, can I imagine, could you imagine I don't have to go to the grocery store to pick up fresh produce? I wish I knew more about agriculture. But for this class in high school, nobody took it. We just called it ag for short. Nobody wanted to take ag. Nobody wanted to take the ag elective, the ag course. And on my high school campus, it was in Orange County, um, down by the train tracks at the bottom of the hill on our campus um, was our agricultural program. But no one signed up for this because nobody cared to take time to be with sheep and pigs and goats. Nobody had time for that. They'd rather be in Photoshop and Autoshop. They'd rather be in photography. Once in a while, as we would skip class and we would go to a a local uh, restaurant, we would look down and we might see a cow um, down (laughs) in this class. And we'd be like, is that a cow down there? It was such a weird class. I mean, maybe if there was like tigers and bears, I would have signed up for this class. But in general, I had no Um, no interest in this class whatsoever. And in our culture, the whole shepherd sheep imagery for us is is foreign. Very few of us harvest our own crops or have our own wildlife. This might make sense for the reader in ancient Israel, but for us today, we have very little understanding of it. And I think we have some basic understanding, at least I did before I started studying this, that a shepherd is a protector, that sheep, they're, they're small and fragile creatures. And the basics of it are just sheep. They're fragile. They're, they're simple. They, they don't know where they're going often. They don't do well alone. They're in constant need of guidance and direction. They easily go astray and they're easy prey. That kind of makes sense when we think of sheep. But for the shepherd, this kind of surprised me as I studied it. Shepherds are tough. They're defenders. They're protectors. They know how to fight and defend off wolves. Anybody fought a wolf this week? Man, shepherds are tough. They carried a rod, which is a short, heavy stick to fight off wild animals. They had a staff, this long cane with a hook at the end of it to guide and to to direct their sheep. And they weren't in the business of being praised 
It was a lowly job during this time. They were often rejected by society. And being a shepherd, it, was, it wasn't glorious. After all, you had to take care of sheep. But what's the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep? The shepherd cares for the sheep. That's the job. That's what the shepherd does, at least the good ones. The good ones, the good shepherd, goes the extra length to provide and to care for his sheep. The sheep, on the other hand, are completely dependent on the shepherd for everything that they need, for food, for water, for guidance, for protection, for everything. David in the Old Testament, who was a shepherd when he was younger, who later became a shepherd of God's people as king, writes this as he compares God to a shepherd. And all the blessings that David had received in his life, he writes this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You see, David knew the dynamics that went into the shepherd and sheep relationship, and he calls himself a sheep. Since David knew that God was his shepherd, he knew that he had no other want, that he was lacking nothing. And we live in a culture that tells us every day that we are lacking something, that we are missing something, that we need something in order to better our lives. This past week, what were you sold? What did you buy that you felt like you were lacking or that you were missing? For my wife, it was noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> she purchased those. For me, I, was, I felt this week like I was lacking like the ocean, like the breeze outside and the ocean and the water. I just felt like I was lacking, missing, seeing some scenery and some landscape. If you were to go outside today and you just had free reign to, to go wherever you want, what would you do? What do you feel like you are lacking? What do you feel like you are missing? David spoke to God as his shepherd, the one who provided everything that he needed. Not everything that he desired, not everything that he wanted, but his deepest needs. Psalms 73, 25 through 26 um, is a beautiful verse and it says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? There is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Man, that's a beautiful Psalms. In Psalms 23, we can see that God is the leader and that we are completely dependent upon him. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Now, when we understand this, it's a complete game changer. If we have the shepherd, we don't have to want. We lack nothing. Why? Because we have everything we need in him. Do we really see the shepherd as good, as a protector, as leader, as restorer? We see our God as ever-present, a friend, a comforter. He's good, he's merciful, and so much more. And do we see ourselves as sheep, as needy, as needing to be protected, as, as followers, as loved, as cared for, and, and that we are not alone? We shall not want because the Lord provides our deepest needs and our deepest wants. The book of Isaiah refers to the Messiah as a shepherd. And the title was given to Jesus himself. In John 10, we can read this. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see, Jesus not only fought for us as the good shepherd, but he died for us, his sheep. Christianity is all about Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. It's about how God the Father and the Son and the Spirit are in and with us and they satisfy our every need. God sent his son Jesus, the good shepherd, to lose his life for his sheep and to conquer death. And we celebrated that last week, Easter. 
We got to see God's love. We got to hear the good news of Jesus, that he is enough, that he sustains us, that he motivates us and comforts us. And we sing this often within the church, but we so often forget. We sing, you are more than enough. We sing, you are all we need. We sing, you are my all in all. You are my everything. But do we believe it? So often I forget. During this time of quarantine, my family every night, before we put our kids to bed, we sing this song. And I forget exactly who, who writes it, but it's called Jesus, All for Jesus. And it goes like this. It just says, Jesus, all for Jesus. All I am and have and ever hope to be. All of my ambitions, all of my hopes, all of my plans, Lord, I surrender them into your hands. For it's only in your will that I am free. Jesus, all for Jesus, all I am and have and ever hope to be. And my kids sing that. My daughter Cooper sings that. My, my son Jed sings that with the very few words that he has. And it's just a real blessing for us just remembering God's comfort during these trying times, that Jesus plus nothing equals my needs are satisfied. He meets them. You see, I mean, when we really think about it, let's, let's just say we, we get to heaven, we're in the very presence of the Lord. What else are we thinking about besides him? I mean, can you imagine if we get to heaven and we're with the Lord and we think about, you know, I wish I had those things I've been storing in my garage for a long period of time. No, we're not going to be thinking about that. Maybe we're thinking, hey, oh man, I, I forgot my wallet. I forgot my, I forgot my iPhone. Where's my phone? We're not thinking about those things. Why? Because we're with Jesus, the son of God. All of our needs are met. Jesus, the good shepherd, lays down his life for the sheep. And in so doing so, we lack nothing. And if God the Father found nothing lacking in his son, Jesus, in his death and his resurrection, if that was the perfect sacrifice, if it was finished, then it's the best news ever. We can't find anything that is lacking in, um, outside of knowing Jesus. We are free of sin and we have a life with him forever. So in verse one of Psalms 23, we read about so much good news, that God is our shepherd, that he cares for us individually. He cares and he knows us. For me and my family, we tell each other on a regular basis, I love you and I like you. Because it's one thing to understand God's love, but it's another thing to understand that God likes you, that he wants to be with you, that, that he, he, he is crazy about you. And so for us this morning, can we just remember that, that God loves us and that he likes us. God loves you and he likes you. We have a shepherd that meets all of our needs. And so in those times of feeling needy, hopeless, lost, when we recognize, we recognize that we have everything in Jesus, that he walks with us and is near with us every step of every day. And that's the good news. And the good news is not for us to believe once, but it's for us to believe on a daily basis. It's for us to recognize everything that Jesus has done. The good news of Jesus is for us to hear and to believe and to keep on believing. And Jesus in that kind of becomes our, our, our lifestyle. And so we get to sit beneath him. We get to walk beside him. We get to learn from our master and our king, Jesus Christ. Jesus is a good shepherd. We lack nothing. So chapter, our, our verse one in Psalms 23 gives us a central idea of the whole entire chapter, that the Lord is our shepherd and that he cares for us. So let's read uh, verse two as, as, we, as we see that not only the shepherd cares for us, but also the shepherd provides for you and for me. Read this in verse two through three. It says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside 
still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I mean, listen to the language here. He makes me, he leads me, he restores me, he leads me for his name's sake. He leads me to places of green pasture. For calm and still waters, he provides for my soul. The righteousness that we are given and the righteousness, right things that we do, we can't take credit for because he's the one doing that in our lives. And we need this. I need this on a regular basis. When my kids are having a meltdown, my wife and I, we sit them down and we give them a snack and we give them some water and we have them take deep breaths and we help regulate their emotions. Sometimes my wife even does that to me. She's like, Joe, come here, sit down, relax, have, have, have a snack. And I'm like, wait a minute, you do that the same, same with the kids. Um, but we all need that. God does that for us. He cares for our physical and spiritual needs. He is our ultimate provider. He provides rest. He tells us that I've been on the journey with you. Come this way, lie down, be still. I got this. God, our good shepherd, knows the way and what we need. He is our true peace. This verse reminds us of God's, um, how God renews us and how God sustains us. In a world of, of worry, in a world of hurry, in a world of productivity, in a world that says fear more, in a world that says no more, do more, be more, God says to rest in him more, to join the life of Jesus, to be with the good shepherd. And right now it's more difficult than ever to separate our work life from our home life. Um, people are working more hours than ever and we feel like we have to create and we have to be busy all the time and even our downtime. We feel like <laughs> um, now's the time for, for this, that, or the other. Now's the time to become a master chef. Now's the time to new, learn this new skill, to um, take on this new project, to try out a new language, to write that book or that blog. And these aren't bad things in and of themselves, but I would argue that this time more than ever is a time to rest. There's so much anger and there's so much sadness. We need to draw closer to the Lord. At the end of this, let's say we are free just to go about our ways and go about our regular rhythms of life. At the end of this, do we really want to say we got more projects done? Or do we really want to say we got more of Jesus? We shared more of Jesus. Often we think that when we come to faith in Jesus that we, that we ask him to be a part of our lives, but, but rather when we come to faith in Jesus, we join his life. And in joining his life, he's the one that provides for us and brings peace to his people. Um, this past uh, four weeks or so, um, one of my dreams came true in this last year, but specifically in the last four weeks, I've really enjoyed this more than ever. I've always dreamed of having a home with a porch on it. Um, this last year, I was able to, uh, to rent out this place, and I get to share this porch along with my neighbor. And uh, on my porch is this rocking chair, and I just turned 33 this year, and my wife got me slippers and a robe. And so now I have slippers, I have a robe, I have my rocking chair, and I have my porch. I feel like such an old man, but I love it. I sit out there on a regular basis, I drink coffee, I, I, I hold my kids, I, I talk and wave to my neighbors. And this is just a time and a place for me to rest with the Lord. And for us, we need to find spaces, we need to find places and times for us to rest and reflect and spend with the Lord. Yes, this happens wherever we go and wherever we are, but we also need to seek out places where we can do this. What does that look like in your, in your life this past week? 
is your home or maybe outside your home in your garden or in a place, maybe the quietness of your car? Where is a space where you have been able to just rest in the Lord and to listen to his leading and to get some soul care? This is soul care that God gives us. It's, it's not a burden spending time with him. My wife this past week, even preparing for this sermon, she's told me numerous times, Joe, just, just spend some time with the Lord right now. Take a break. And I've been able to listen to that. And so are you emotionally, physically, and spiritually tired? God wants to give you rest. Learn the rhythms and the ways of Jesus. During this time, the world has slowed down. Do not speed up. You see, love does not hurry. Jesus does not hurry. The Lord is using this time. He's working in this time. Sometimes we don't understand. So lie down, be still, and get rest for your soul. I've been listening to some music this past week, and one of the lines um, of one of my favorite bands says this, rest in the gospel and its sweetness, that and nothing more. I've been thinking about that and praying through that. Rest in the gospel and its sweetness, that and nothing more. Verse two through three, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And you might be thinking, Joe, this sounds great. Let's, let's, let's rest. But to be honest, I'm going through a dark time. I'm going through a hard time. It's really difficult to find some rest in all this turmoil. And many of us are going through these times. Maybe you're going through something specific to you. Maybe other people haven't gone through that, haven't been there before. Something that's unique and specific to you. I pray that we can all, during this time, slow down during this season and cry out to God, a God that cares. I hope we can be brave to seek help that we need in community. Maybe that's getting a therapist. Maybe that's getting professional help. What do you need? What is God calling and leading you towards to receive more of him? I would be listening to those things. So during this time, we've, we've learned that the Lord, your shepherd, cares for you, that the Lord, your shepherd, provides for you. And the last thing, the Lord is with you. Now, God allows times in the valley. Verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One author writes this, the shadow of death may be the shadow that death casts or it may be deep darkness. Read Psalms 88 if you want to read a Psalms of, of someone just saying that, that darkness is ever present. It ends with, in Psalm 88, saying this, darkness is my only friend. And maybe perhaps uh, the quote continues and it says, perhaps the idea is that in a valley one can enter deep shadows and cannot know for sure um, if there are bandits or if there are wild animals or flash floods lurking in them. Even in such periods in these valleys of, of suspense and danger, the faithful find assurance that God is with them and thus they must not fear. And they don't need to fear. It says this, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherd had these tools, the rod and the staff were essential um, instruments for their work. The rod was a wooden stick used to fight off animals. It was a symbol of strength and protection for the shepherd. The staff 
um, was this longer, thin stick with a hook at the end. It was used to direct the sheep and care for them as they wandered off. It was a symbol of the Lord's guidance and loving kindness. God allows us to walk through dark valleys, hard times in our life, but we never walk through them alone. And, and some Christians might say, Joe, when you come to Jesus, we're not, supposed to, we're not supposed to walk through dark valleys. We're not supposed to go through these hard times because we have Christ. Tim Keller um, writes this to give us some clarity. He said, we have too much faith in our technology and our democratic institutes. And we are conditioned by our secular and materialistic culture to seek most of our happiness in fragile things like good looks, wealth, and pleasure. It is not wise, however, to, um, it is not wise, however, to be, uh, to be, real, um, to be real about our suffer, suffering. Most often of the pain and emotions that we experience during adversities are actually shock and surprise that we are actually suffering at all. For many Christians, they believe that God won't let them, won't, won't make bad things happen to them. But with Jesus himself, it disproves this. If God allowed a perfect man to suffer terribly for a greater wonderful good, why should we think that we might, that might not happen to us? And that's just a really great reminder that we walk through these hard times. Jesus himself understood what it means to walk through hard times. He's, he's gone through the worst of it, and yet he is with us. In this life, we will have trouble, Jesus said, but he has overcome the world. We read that, and we are reminded that we have a divine shepherd who is our strength, who is our defender, who is our protector. In John 16, when we read that verse, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. And a little bit before that, in verse 32, he says, yet I am not alone, Jesus said, for the Father is with me. And then he brings comfort to his disciples by saying, you're going to have hard times. You're going to walk through valleys. You're going to have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I have got this because of what I have come to do, to live, to die, and to be raised from the dead so that we can have a relationship with God. And so Jesus, uh, during this time, wants us to kind of shift our perspectives back on him when we recognize that the Father, that the Son, and that the Spirit are with us and in us, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you too can have all of these promises in Psalms 23, that God cares for you, that he provides for you, and that you are not alone. So what was that, what was that uh, question that you were wrestling with? If you could sum up everything you're going through right now, right here, in one to two sentences, what was that? What would it be? I pray that this week, that today, you could be praying through that, that you could be resting with the Lord. I love James Shire. He writes this. He says, when we look for food on dry hills, we turn to all the wrong sources to seek, uh, um, seeking a, a guide to life. He makes us lie down in green pastures. When we befoul our drinking water, we take what's good, we twist it, we distort it to our lives. He leads us beside still waters. When we lose our souls in sin and foolishness, he restores our soul. When we stray among the rocks, when we head in all the wrong directions, support all the wrong causes, he leads us on the right path. When we live our lives 
for ourselves, he empowers us to live them for his name's sake. When we live in a dangerous world, he guides us with his rod and his staff. I pray today as we continue just to think through, we continue to sing a song and worship um, together, even though we are not together in person, may we be reminded that the Lord is your shepherd, that he cares for you, that he provides for you, that he is with you, and so much more. May we find comfort in the words, the Lord is my shepherd. Will you pray with me? Lord, we so thank you, Lord, uh, for all that you're doing in our lives, even in spite of what's happening around us. Lord, may you bring us calmness, may you bring us comfort, may you bring us peace that only comes through knowing your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray out there, if there's anybody listening to this that doesn't know your son and doesn't have the assurance of what we've been talking about, doesn't understand the good news and of Jesus and how that applies to them, Lord, may they come to faith in you. May they trust you with their life. May they not just invite you into their, li- into their life, but may, may, uh, may they join your life, just as so many Christians throughout time have joined the life of Christ and have found not only wonderful comfort, but have found true life because of it. So Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we come before you this day, knowing that you are good and knowing that you are with us, and we take comfort in that. And Lord, I just pray just a special blessing upon anybody um, this week, Lord, um, who is just talking with friends or family or a neighbor, maybe as they walk by, may they just share the good news of your son, Jesus. May you give us courage. May you give us boldness to go and proclaim all that you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
fill me.